Hi, Titans, and welcome back to another episode of the CSUF Podcast, a show where we chat about all things CSUF. As always, I'm your host, Mirabelle Isaias. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing business marketing student and 2021 graduate Asha Bhattacharya on her work at CSUF and her passion for creating awareness on mental fitness and wellness, as well as discussing tips on staying mentally fit with a large workload, beating fear, overcoming anxiety, and having the confidence to create success in your college career and beyond. So without further ado, let's get into this convo. Oh, hi. <laughs> Welcome to the CSUF podcast. It is so amazing to have you. Thank you. I'm excited um, to be here. So great to hear it. Um, we've seen you on Cooking with Titans on the ASI YouTube channel, making top ramen. Um, and we've also seen your wise words from Asha on the NAMI podcast. Mm -hmm. And now you're here. You're here. I know. Podcast. Ended so it with the best, for sure. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. So would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Asha. I just graduated from Cal State Fullerton, which is wild. I just walked on Sunday. Um, so I am a business administration major with a concentration in marketing, and I'm also a psychology minor. Um, so I've done a lot of really fun stuff during my time at Cal State Fullerton. I've uh, been a president scholar, a business honor student, and a university honor student. Um, so I've uh, competed with my senior honors thesis this past year. I've worked in the housing community on campus as a resident advisor and a programs director. So I've seen little bits and pieces of, of Cal State Fullerton from here and there. And um, it's been a blast, it's been a lot of fun. You have done so much and it's so inspiring just to like Thank see you. everything that you've done and how much work you've put in to mm -hmm. Cal State Fullerton. It's amazing. So Thank let's you. get into these questions. Yeah. You are a woman taking over the world and we absolutely love to see it. What resources were helpful at CSUF that allowed you to become so successful in your mm -hmm. journey? Yeah, there were a lot. Uh, Cal State Fullerton has so many incredible resources. So I'll talk about the resources that I used within um, all three of the big programs that I was in, starting with the President Scholars Program. Um, so I got a lot of both academic, but mainly emotional support from the President Scholars Program because the President Scholars is a group of really academically driven students. And I think that we're all very hard on ourselves. So while we do have that academic support, for example, um, we each have an academic advisor. My advisor was uh, Kanitza Cadeo. I love her. She's great. She sat with me every semester and she um, went through my TDA and she planned my schedule with me and made sure I had the proper units and I was set to graduate, which was so helpful. Um, there's also a lot of emotional support that the scholars family provides all the students. For example, we have an actual CAPS liaison. So CAPS is our counseling center on campus. We have someone from CAPS that works directly with the scholars and um, his name is Alex. He's absolutely incredible. And I worked with him all of my senior year. He's great. And they have sleep workshops. They have stress reduction workshops and anxiety reduction workshops and emotional regulation workshops. I mean, just so much good support um, because I think 
emotional support is just as important as academic support throughout your college journey. Um, and also even being a president scholar, we got more direct access with President Virgie. So he had something called Fram's Fam every month where he would invite all of the president scholars to go up to his um, office and his wife, Julie Virgie, who's just as incredible, would make us like breakfast burritos or give us orange juice or make cookies. She makes the best cookies. Um, that's what I miss the most probably <laughs> about about like being on campus was Fram's Fram was so fun and it was such a good way for us to really feel connected to the president because we are his scholars. Um, so the President Scholars Program has been great and then I got a lot of academic and professional development support from the Business Honors Program. We have an incredible director, his name is Dr. Lorenzo Busy, and he's been really good about connecting us, us with recruiters from top companies. So big four accounting firms, um, you know, finance firms, management firms, for example, I will be working with Amazon after graduation and our director has done a tremendous job really maintaining these relationships with with recruiters from these companies that recruit directly from the business honors program. Um, and we have a wonderful program coordinator, Katie Woodhouse, who's really good with coordinating all of our schedules because we take classes as a cohort. So it's a lot of coordination there. And I've had incredible business professors through the business honors program. We all take our core business classes as a cohort together. And we've had some amazing professors. Probably one of my favorites has been Dr. Ryan Gottfredson, who actually became my advisor for my honors senior thesis, which brings me to the support I got from the honors program. Um, so I think the big thing with the honors program is when you graduate, you write a senior thesis. And so I worked with Dr. Gottfredson, who is an incredible um, management professor. He works a lot on mindset. He does a lot of mindset research. And he um, was my advisor on my thesis project, which is about how mindset affects leadership emergence. And I also work with, worked with Dr. Terry Patchetson, who's a part of SCAR Days at Cal State Fullerton. She's one of the most talented, inspiring women I've ever met. And she really took me under her wing and helped me with my research project um, presenting at the state level. So really, I owe all of my success, success to them. Um, I don't think I could have done it without all of the support that Cal State Fullerton has given me. So you got really close with a lot of your professors and your advisors. Do you yeah. think it was, sorry, I know that these aren't one of the questions. No, go ahead, go ahead. Um, did, did you like make the first step to kind of like get closer to them or like was it just that they were so open that you were able to just like kind of get close or they saw your work ethic? Like mm -hmm. what do you think kind of like put you in that step? Right. I definitely made the first step always. Um, I think it's really easy to like want a lot of things, but the hard part is actually putting yourself out there. Um, I always made the first step. Like I went up to my thesis advisor and said, I love your class. I love the topic. I have no idea what I'm doing for my thesis, but I want your help. Like, you know, I had no idea. And I just, I, I made the first step and said, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'd like your help. Um, and I think that's the thing with, with this university, everybody is so open and willing to help and talk to you. You as a student just have to take that initiative. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear that. It's the fear. And that's something that we're, we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. Um, some tips you have for students to stay mentally healthy and stay mentally fit with a large workload. Because obviously mm -hmm. you've had a large workload throughout your entire college career. What yeah. have you done? What do you think that you can give as advice mm -hmm. to us? 
Yeah. Well, my planner is my Bible here. I'll show you. I like <laughs> write literally everything down and it's Never. so helpful. It's so helpful because, um, like we all have so many things that we're doing for school and for work and for clubs and with friends and with family. And so if you keep it all up in your head, it's very anxiety inducing trying to remember everything. So I like just writing all of it down, putting it in my planner, closing my planner and walking away and just like taking a break. That way I know exactly what I have to do every single week. So I break it down by month, then by week, and then by day. Some people might think that's too much. I like it because it just really helps me stay on top of my game. Um, another practical thing everybody says, but it's so true is time management. It's really easy to get stressed and anxious when you're not managing your time well. Um, so for me, like, I'm the type of person where if I have a final on Friday, that's on chapters one through six, I'll start studying on Saturday, I'll read chapter one, then chapter two on Sunday, so on and so forth. I think it's a really good strategy to break up your studying into little chunks. That way you're not overwhelmed the day before the final. And then maybe some more, I guess, like deeper advice too that I have is, I think it's so paramount to make time for yourself every single day and i i mean like every single day for me it's a non-negotiable um especially the busier you are the more important it is to to create that time because i used to be someone that was like i have so much to do so i'm just going to sit down here for eight hours straight and i'm just going to do it and it just doesn't work i've gotten burnt out I have friends who've gotten burnt out and I've seen students burned out all the time. So for me, it's like not even an option. I schedule self-care time and that could be different for everybody. Um, I exercise, I try to exercise every day, not because I wanna lose weight, but because I just feel good when I do it. You know what I mean? Um, I do yoga, I try to meditate. Some people really like journaling or um, I also love spending time with people so I, every week no matter how busy i am i make sure that i at least see one friend over the weekend to get my social butterfly needs met um some people like shopping maybe you take yourself on a shopping trip or get yourself a coffee once a week like um whatever it is there's no right answer there's no wrong answer but there's always a right way to do it for you um so i think that's so important for every student because just taking little steps each day will help to not completely remove your anxiety or stress about school but it helps make it more manageable for sure nice same thing i definitely um work out every day meditate go on a walk i've heard that like a lot of yeah um, a lot of artists actually have a daily practice where they just go for a walk and then meditate 20 minutes after. Really? Okay. Yeah, really how they like create a lot of their, their work and also sleep. Yeah. Like sleep is really important too. I was just watching a video on how important sleep is. Yeah. Right. College students were like, no, nah, I'm going to stay up till like 2 AM and just watch this video. It's like, no, sweetie, you can, I sleep. know. Baby needs to go bed by. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> what I liked about COVID though, is I, I spent so much more time sleeping in the morning instead of having to wake up at 8am, get ready, find a spot. You know what I mean? Like I could just wake up at 11 right before and just sit on zoom. You were a commuter. I wasn't a commuter, but having to draw, like having to be in the residence halls, it's actually a pretty tough walk from Halo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Damn, I feel I would that. be sweating every day walking to <laughs> campus. But that's your workout, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. There you go. 
<laughs> okay, let's get to the next one. So, um, your work stemmed from a desire and interest in learning how to help women become more effective and courageous in stepping up as leaders, which can be extremely difficult and become anxiety-inducing in all-male, non-POC environments. What do you say to our female titans that are entering workforces and social environments where they may be afraid to speak up and become leaders? Yeah, um, I like what you said about it is fear and anxiety inducing. And one of my favorite quotes is, if you can't beat the fear, then do it scared. I think that's, have you ever heard that before? I haven't, that's beautiful. That quote like changed my life because I feel like there's this idea that you shouldn't be afraid and you shouldn't be scared. Um, and that if you feel those things, just shrug it off. I don't think that's healthy at all. I think fear is a very healthy, normal thing to be feeling, and it's totally natural, especially if you are somebody that is, for the first time, stepping into a group where you don't see yourself represented at all. That can be very scary. So I've been telling myself a lot this past year, if you can't beat the fear, then do it scared. And I think that in in if you do that, then you're not letting the situation have control over you. You're not letting it win. You're not letting the systems of oppression win. You know, you're taking that step and you're owning what you can control. Um, and I think the next big thing I would recommend is to find a mentor that, that reminds you of yourself. So I was, um, this past year as a senior, I was a part of the resident executives and residents program. And I got to work with Tatiana Queef, who's an incredible uh, marketing executive at Disney. And she's a woman of color. She's like me, her parents were immigrants. So she and I, I mean, I've really connected with her. And it's so helpful for me to, to have a female mentor of color that has a, fem a, a similar upbringing because when I'm going through my self-doubt, I can sit here and think, okay, if she did it, then I can do it. Um, because no matter what, like there's going to be points in our journey when it gets tough and we feel like we can't do it. But having someone to go back to, even if you don't necessarily have to talk to them in that moment, but just like thinking, she did it, I can do it, just helps give you more comfort and you don't feel as alone. Um, another example is I, I'm, I'm going to be working with Amazon operations starting in August. And I met this woman online on, on an Instagram story that Amazon did. And she did the same um, Miss America program that I did when I was in high school and my freshman year of college as well. And so I, I messaged her and we started talking. And what I really like about her is she is one of the few females in operations, but she still embraces her femininity and her she said, you know, if, if I want to wear glitter eyeshadow to work, then I'm going to wear glitter glitter eyeshadow to work. And I don't need to conform to the fact that I'm with a bunch of older men. Like, I can still own who I am as a female, own my femininity, but still be strong and authoritative in my operations managerial role. And I loved that because that's something I was so nervous about, but just talking to her, even though she doesn't look like me physically, she still has those same traits and qualities. So my advice would be to really find mentors where you can see parts of yourself in them and use them as um, just an emotional backboard for you to have so that you don't feel alone on your journey. I think the big anxiety and fear there is you just, you feel alone, but, but if you have that, it, it helps a lot. Definitely. Yeah, that's definitely great advice. I know that a lot of um, women feel like they have to be smaller or they have yeah. to go to that 
the um, the role of being like, the, oh, can I get, me and my boss were just talking about this, um, like, oh, can I get your coffee? Like, Aww. you know, when, you're, when your boss is like there and he's like, oh, I'm going to go get a coffee. And you're like, oh, like, can I get it for you? Because you want to be like that nice. Like you want right. to have a good impression and you want to, you're told as a female that, you know, you're supposed to take care of other people. Right. Well, we're raised that way, you know? Right. And so then that carries over to how you perform at work. And I'm so lucky that my mother taught me from a very, very young age that my gender does not in any way determine what I can and can't do. I mean, she told me, Asha, if you want to be a data analyst or an engineer or a computer scientist, you can. And those fields are like very heavily male dominated, you know? And my mom came here from India. She got her PhD in economics. She's a professor at Cal State Fullerton. Um, yeah, like she, I'm very lucky to have both a mom and a dad who taught me from a very young age that um, be authoritative, you know, there's this idea and I'm sure you've heard about this, but when women sort of step up and, and, and own that power, sometimes they, be, they might be called a certain unpleasant word that starts with a B. Whereas <laughs> if a man, you know, if a man does it, then it's not bad. Um, I've learned how to develop that thick skin. And I think a lot of it is because how I was raised by my parents, where I'd rather be called that than sit back and not have my voice be heard. You know what I mean? So there are incredible women on, on, that you can find on YouTube, you can read their books, who talk all about this. I mean, I could talk about this for hours. It's so important. I completely agree. That's another podcast day. That's another I know. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but definitely, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. um, that's awesome. So you're a child of immigrants then. Me too. Yes. Okay. How was that for you? Um, I think that... I, my mom is like the strongest person. So my mother is from Russia um, and my wow. Mexico. So I'm half Russian, half Mexican. Oh my gosh. I've never met. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're great. And like having both cultures has been, it was, it was always so interesting. Cause it's like, Oh, you're being like pulled from two worlds. I always, I always like to say that joke. Like if you cut a diamond in between, is it still a diamond? Like, cause you know, yeah. um, but yeah, it, I think my mom is like one of the strongest person people on the entire planet and she immigrated here with nothing and same thing with my yeah. dad and they came into America not knowing the language both of them mm -hmm. and yeah. they learned so much and their strength really like brought onto me and now I feel like I have so much confidence and a lot of my positivity comes from them you know it oh, just comes from having strong kind amazing parents which I'm sure that you feel the same way and right. that's why business women that's us like we are business women <laughs> yes 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 100 percent. okay um do you think staying mentally fit is about staying positive and keeping a positive mindset um what is your definition of mentally fit i think it's part of part of it but i don't think being positive all the time is the answer to being mentally fit um I define mental fitness as having the tools to fight back and be resilient when life gives you challenges because challenge is inevitable. And I think the people that are mentally fit are the ones that know how to cope, know how to be resilient and have that grit to 
to, to stand tall, even when life gives you setbacks. And there's been a ton of studies that show that the people that are actually the most successful in their um, in, in their careers and, and the longevity of their careers, it's, it's that they have this ability to have grit and stamina and mental resilience um, throughout all of the obstacles, not that not just that they've had in their job, but in their family life and their personal life, you know, death and grief and loss. Um, they've had the, the grit to, to withstand these, these obstacles. So that's what I think um, mental fitness is. And I'm so passionate about this topic. I was a sophomore in college when I started thinking about how important it is that we become mentally fit as a society because so many people now are getting diagnosed with anxiety and depression and i started thinking the cap center on campus the wait time was so long and i thought like how could and even if you try to get a therapist outside of school the wait i have friends who've had to wait months to see a therapist and i just thought you know like how could we let it get this bad and so i thought why why is there no preventative um system in place for example when you think about physical fitness we have tons of gyms where people go and they work out their muscles and they train so that they can become physically strong not just now but in the future and why don't we have that for our minds you know and it's different than therapy i think therapy is different in the sense that we go to therapy oftentimes when the problem has sort of gotten uncontrollable and we need that outside source to step in and help us but why don't we have a space where we're teaching people beforehand how to build mental resilience and grit and how to adopt healthy thinking habits and emotional regulation. Um, and some of us are lucky if we have parents that have taught us that skill, but most of us don't have parents that taught us that because there is no guidebook, right? And, and how to raise your kid. Um, so one, I, I was thinking like, why don't we start a mental fitness center on campus? And I saw President Virgie one day at the gastronome and I just, I met him for the first time that day, I introduced myself, and I just stood straight away, we have a problem on campus. And I just like straight away, I was like, ah. you're great, you're great, but we have a problem on campus. And he was so receptive and he was so kind and he listened to me. And a month later, he sent me to the American Council on Education's Mental Health Summit in New Orleans. So I was a student representative for Cal State Fullerton and I got to meet um, the CSU chancellors and just different uh, faculty and staff at, at various universities. And we really just talked about this mental health pandemic that's been going on in our country for the past decade. And I came back to school after that conference and we hit the ground running and I worked with ASI and I worked with the president and I'm so happy to say that now, you know, three years later, we have a space on campus that is designated for mental fitness and mental wellness. And I, I would love to talk more about what it exactly entails. I, I, I can't though, but I'm just so happy that we have that for for students but that's so amazing the confidence that you had and it's so interesting because you were ahead of the curve like this i feel like we really started talking about mental health 
just right like when the pandemic hit like it was yeah. just this huge and it, it just like you came out of nowhere probably for Virgie like <laughs> he was that, like who is this girl but it's amazing that you were able, and it's something that we were just talking about like leadership as a female right like having enough confidence to have this idea and enough, enough passion to put that forward and you were just so ahead of the curve so that's amazing it's thank just, you. That, that's, that was shocking to me. Not shocking. Oh, thank you. Just awesome. And that's why when I read your story, I was like, I have to talk to her. Like, how, how were you so ahead of the curve? Like, you knew. And then I listened to your NAMI podcast and I was like, oh, like she was struggling with anxiety since she yeah. was little. Right. I always mm-hmm. love that. And I'm sure, and I've talked to a lot of people that are like, I don't want to get therapy because nothing's wrong with me. Mm. But they're saying that when they're going through hardships and dealing with anxiety and intrusive thoughts, but they're unable to bring themselves to therapy because they feel like it's not worth it. It's like that denial when you don't want to even admit that you have a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's easier. It's easier to just be addicted to the hard thoughts. So much. And I still struggle with that. Like, um, it's very difficult to remove yourself from unhealthy thought patterns for sure. But in the beginning, you know, for me, it took me so long to finally just admit that I need to see a therapist. Once I started doing therapy, I said, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. I don't know why more people don't do this. I think we'd have a much happier, healthier society if more people did therapy personally. That's just my opinion. But yeah, we, 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 so many issues too, that you might not think might you might not think relate to mental illness actually do. For example, graduation rates. A lot of people will drop out from severe anxiety or depression or a form of mental illness. Um, Keeping and maintaining a job, that's another big one, right? Or even harming another person or harming yourself. These are all things that we can help mitigate with better mental health care. So if, if our therapists are being overloaded, that tells me we need a better preventative system. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So excited. I can't wait to see what the mental fitness, like it, what it's going to look like. Like I'm yeah. so excited. Um, yeah. And I know people who are extremely excited as well. Um, so can't wait. Honestly, congratulations <laughs> for just being so awesome and ahead of the curve. Oh, <laughs> you're so nice. How does she you. do it? Amazing. I don't know. You just do it scared. Do it scared. <laughs> and just like, I always just say like, what is there to lose? I really don't think that there's anything to lose by voicing your opinion. The worst thing that can happen is somebody says no. The worst thing that can happen is somebody is rude to you. But if someone's rude to you, it says more about them than it does about you, you know? So just my, my biggest motto in life is just like, just do it. Like just put yourself out there and try everything um, because you will live with so much regret if you don't. Yeah, that's yeah. Thank you. Um, So this one was, I I just thought it would be a very interesting topic to talk about. So I saw a tweet the other day from a CSUF student that said, RIP to the opportunities we missed due to anxiety and low self-esteem. What advice can you give to students who resonate? Ah, that's, it's, that's tough. I wish there was a one size fits all answer to this. Um, I think it's a multi- multifaceted issue and not to be that person, but I am going to say it. Social media is not helping anybody. Like it's really not. I was talking to someone who, who, who sat down and with me and was like, really think about how bizarre it is that it's socially acceptable to know what somebody is doing at every second of the day. Like really think about how 
narcissistic that is that that we think that's socially acceptable to be like i'm here and i'm here and i'm there like that's not healthy it's not normal humans were not meant to know that much information so one like practical thing that i recommend everybody do i do it all the time if you if you're noticing yourself like getting stuck in other people's lives or thinking about other people too much just delete the app off your phone go on a one week hiatus just take a vacation that's a practical thing you can do a second thing is a little bit harder to implement and it's more deep, but it's probably the biggest thing that I learned in regards to self-esteem and self-worth while I was at school. And it was actually through a CAPS therapist. His name is Alex. He was the one that worked with the scholars. He really helped me focus on this. Um, you have to learn at one point how to put your own wants and needs first. Um, my whole life i grew up trying to please everybody else around me and make them happy um and at the time i think it was a selfless thing for me to do to want to make my parents happy my friends my teachers but you reach a point where every time you abandon your own wants and needs you're just abandoning yourself and that's the worst thing anybody can do to someone, but you do it to yourself every time you consciously go against what your body and your mind and your soul knows is right for you, right? So I've, I've learned this past year and it's been the most life-changing thing, how to truly set boundaries with other people and really always put myself first. And some people might think it's selfish. I think it's necessary. Um, so in terms of your question about, you know, rip to the, the things we missed due to low self-esteem, I think that's huge. You can't have, I think it's almost impossible to develop self-esteem and self-worth when you're constantly abandoning yourself. You gotta maybe one day sit down and write down what are the things that I want? Not my parents, not my teachers, not my friends. What do I want and why am I not doing it? And more often than not, one of the reasons why we don't do it is because we're scared of what other people are gonna think or it's not what somebody else wants. You have to do what is right for you. It's very tough, it took me I think eight years, it really took me eight years. I started therapy like eight years ago. It took me eight years to finally reach that point. Um, and then in terms of anxiety, anxiety is pretty common, unfortunately. I think, like I said earlier, everybody could benefit from speaking with a therapist um, and, and be vulnerable and share what you're going through with your friends. Like, I think almost every person either has been affected by mental illness or knows somebody that is affected by mental illness. And I think we just need to share stories. I think that's how you cultivate compassion and vulnerability. And we need to start talking about our mental health collectively as a community. Um, because with anxiety and depression and any of the other mental illnesses, the shame that you feel from it is almost just as crippling as the original illness that you have. I don't even like to say illness because it feels like this thing that's dominating you and it's it's really not. Um, I have anxiety and I can tell you I have so many incredibly happy, wonderful, fulfilling moments. And I also have moments of anxiety. It's just moments, you know what I mean? It's not like this diagnosis is your life. It's totally not. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I feel. I'm interested. I, what what are your thoughts about it? What do you think? Um, I really liked what you said about not letting fear 
take a hold of you because I Mm -hmm. think that that is really like opportunities that we missed, right? It's fear. We're clouded by fear and afraid of rejection or getting hurt. But I've realized I've come up with this new idea for myself. That's like, it's better to feel something than nothing at all. Mm. And I would rather not live with regret. Um, I've been, I'm like, I'll be very open and honest lately. I have been feeling very, um, like, uh, my, my anxiety has been getting to me a lot and I've Mm. been replaying, going through those motions and they come from regret. They come from not having enough courage to speak up or have boundaries, um, and not knowing what I want. So everything that you've said so far about knowing exactly what you want, I've done the work and I feel like I feel so much better. Um, I have my first therapy session today. I'm so excited. I know she's going to open my brain. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Seriously. And (laughs) yeah, that's incredible. So we're, I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that today. She'll get to know me. She's going to be like, oh my God, but I'm, I'm really excited. And I just hope that we can all, like whoever's listening, um, can just take a moment and realize that it's, it's okay to be scared, but having regret is not worth it. Totally. It's okay to be scared. It's okay mm-hmm. to be scared. We're all scared. normal. We're yeah, we all are. And if someone says they're not, they're lying. <laughs> You're right. I'm imperfect. And I love that about myself. Good, good. That's great. We all it's, and it's like a work in progress. Like I have days where I feel totally good and I feel like all the work is helping. And then I have days where I'm like, what is going on? You know? So it's moment by moment. But you're doing great. You're doing great Thank work. And everything that you've left behind at CSUF, like it's going to be remembered. And I know that I, and I can just tell that like, that wasn't even like the point for you. Like, like I want to help people Yeah, and you have, like, that is definitely something that you are doing and you're not even going to be here, bro. Like, you're you're literally like going to have the best time at Amazon, like living your life, doing the best. (laughs) And everybody at CCF is going to be like, damn, I should be doing pretty good. Oh my gosh. Can you tell? Oh, <laughs> dream! Oh my God, that's amazing. I mean, we have such good like leaders here that that want the best for their students, you know. So, I'm just I had such a fun time at school. Like I kept saying during my senior year, like I don't want to graduate. Everyone's like, Are you excited to graduate? I was like, No, I don't want to leave. I loved Cal State Fullerton. I loved it. I just had the best time. There's great people here. There's yeah. Amazing- people here. Everyone that I've met has been so open, so willing to help. And that's what's sad about like sometimes in in the real world, you know, like sometimes there's spaces that it's a little hard to to um like ask for what you what you want or ask for help. But at CSUF that's not the place. Like I know everyone is so open. They want to help. You're so supportive. Your te your teachers want to help. They really do. They really do. I promise. They do go to their office hours. Nobody goes to office hours, but you can like really learn a lot from your professor. Even your professor could end up getting you a job. You know what I mean? Like that's like free, not free, but like if you're taking a class from them, you might as well get to know them. Yeah. You have such a good point. Yeah. 
So our last question, even though I'm so sad because this interview was great and it was awesome getting to know you. Like, you do. Cool. Um, getting your Instagram later. Uh, yes. So um, what makes you a proud Titan? <clears throat> or what makes you proud to be a Titan? You know, if there's one thing that I've noticed from all the people that I've met at Cal State Fullerton is everyone has a story. Um, I've met some people that have gone through terrible things. Um, I've met people that are first generation college students. I've met people who are fin completely financially supporting themselves and don't have family support. I mean, I've really met people that have gone through awful things that could break you, but they're not broken. They're here, they're showing up every day. Um, that is what makes me proud to be a Titan. And while my struggles are most likely very different from the Titan sitting next to me and the Titan sitting next to them. We are all similar in the sense that we all, I think, are overcoming adversity in our own unique way. And that makes me, and like, it makes me emotional. Like I'm so proud to be a Titan. Um, I've, I've met people that have just gone through things. And while my pain and struggle is different, it's so beautiful to see that we're all standing here today, you know, and, and getting our degrees and it's just beautiful. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You're making me emotional. <laughs> well, congratulations on graduating. We're sad to see you go, but everyone is getting somebody amazing and beautiful. One of the quotes, you. You know, I took my pain and I turned it into something beautiful. Yeah, that, that was something that you said that I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you. If you guys have not seen her NAMI podcast, what, what is it called, Aisha, again? Aisha? It's called It's Okay to Feel. It's Okay to Feel. Yeah. If you guys have not checked that out, please do. I found it so inspiring. And that one quote, just, I took my pain and I turned it into something beautiful. Just, I'm going to post that on my wall. <laughs> I don't even know where that quote came from. I just said it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. <laughs> I just started an inspiration. I just, I just, no, <laughs> no. Just, I just come up with it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it was so nice meeting you. Thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. I know that you're really busy. So I truly appreciate it. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, girl. I really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and a good session. Thank you. Totally <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you so much to Asha Bhattacharya for taking the time to come and join this week's podcast. If you would like to connect with Asha, which I highly recommend, her Instagram is at Asha underscore Bhattacharya. And don't forget to check out her YouTube channel, which will be linked in the show notes. Well, Titans, that's all I have for this week. So stay positive, stay safe, and don't forget to follow at CACUPOfficial on all social media platforms. You can also find coronavirus updates at coronavirus.fullerton.edu. Once again, I'm your host, Mirabella Isaias, signing off. <laughs>